Welcome everybody to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin, and continuing our guest hosts while BJ is out, this week filling in for BJ is Alinzia, aka The Crafting Rogue. Alinzia, thanks for joining me today. Yay, I'm so glad to be here. I I was thinking I should like try to impersonate Bij, but there's no way I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alinzia, she's the host of my HG... TV addiction. Oh my gosh, I'm going to stumble over that. I knew I was going to before I even said it. HGTV Honestly, I addiction. stumble over it. It's hard to say. It really is. Like I've never like just tried to say it all at once. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is kind of hard. You host that podcast. You're the co-host of the Nerdberg Review Podcast, which we have brought up a whole lot on Dragon Quest FM before. I know you and Todd uh, talked about our Dragon Quest Seven playthrough uh, on an episode a few months back. And she also makes all sorts of cool crafting things on her Etsy shop, which I'm going to link to in our show notes for today. So make sure after you listen to this whole episode, you head over to her Etsy shop and check out all this cool stuff that she makes, which we're totally going to be talking about today because this whole episode is really on like crafting Dragon Quest, I guess, <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> You're actually a month early, early for this because I think March is actually like National crafting month or something like that oh no way is it i think so oh cool so i'm just i'm ahead of the curve i guess yes yes yeah very cool <laughs> so before we talk about all your cool crafting stuff you do which i know bj and i have brought up a lot on the show before just uh, i want to talk a little bit about like your personal history with dragon quest and everything so what what's your favorite dragon quest game you've played and, and why i really like the builders games i mean i know they're kind of you know an offset of the yeah. typical dragon quest games but i i just i mean it's crafting <laughs> yeah that's what i was gonna ask is it because it's crafting it's kind of your thing yeah no i i think it to me it's just it's a lot more relaxing doing the builders games i really enjoy them but i mean you know i my brother and i we played dragon warrior back in the day when you know we were little and <laughs> our our mom actually for a while they're like she was super scared to let us have Dragon Warrior in the game because she thought that we were going to be like learning incantations and spells. <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. Uh -huh. But but yeah, so you know we we played that and and stuff. But then really, I've kind of fallen off Dragon Quest until just recently, like basically until you guys started talking about it, you and Beige. Mm -hmm. I I hadn't really played any Dragon Quest games, and so. Then after you guys started all this, then I started playing 11 mm -hmm. and I love 11. And then I've been playing the builders games, but really that's kind of all I played. Like even when we were doing the play along, I didn't own Dragon Quest seven. Yeah. So I didn't get to play that one. I just kept playing 11. <laughs> yeah. You got to hear Todd talk about it. Yeah. yeah. He seemed to enjoy it from what. From most of the stuff I, I saw him posting oh, on he Twitter and heard it. him saying about it. Yeah. Yeah, he he absolutely loved it. He's I think he's wanting to go through like all of the Dragon Quest games now. That's so. that's really cool. Yeah, I want to go back and play some of the older ones, but I know BJ now, he pretty much says Builders 2 might be his favorite Dragon Quest game. Like for the longest time it was Dragon Quest Nine. And then like the last couple of times we've we've talked about it, he's like, you know, I think Builders 2 really might be my favorite Dragon Quest game because I think he really liked all the building stuff. Yeah, it, it's really, I think it's a lot of fun to be able to have that aspect of it. Yeah, I really, 
I really like the builders games. The part that I don't like about it is like the more like the tower defense stuff that you have to do because the monsters come in and break all the stuff that you've worked really hard to build. And every time that happens, I'm like, this stupid game. Why am I playing this? (laughs) Yeah, I've kind of felt that too. It's like, no, I just finished that. Yeah, I wish I wish it had kind of like a uh, like I haven't played Minecraft too terribly much, but there's like a uh, like a creative mode. I think it's what it's called in that game. Where like you don't have to worry about things attacking you or like breaking your stuff. And if if Builders Three, if you know Builders Three ever happens, if that kind of thing, you know, if they had a creative mode for Builders Three, I think that would really like seal the deal for me. Oh yeah, that like, that would be perfect. I yeah. I agree. That would be so much fun. In when I do play Minecraft, I am always in creative mode. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what about your favorite character from a Dragon Quest game? Do you have a favorite? I actually like Silvando. <laughs> Yeah, okay, he's my favorite character too. I just think he's I just think he's funny. I like him. Yeah. That is probably my favorite character. I mean, he's definitely my favorite character from 11 and he's probably my favorite character from like the entire series just Oh yeah. Um, the especially the first time playing through that game and not necessarily knowing what to expect. Just every time Silvando talked and my wife watched me play a lot of 11. And so it was like every time he was on the screen and talking, like he said something funny that would like crack us up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I don't really laugh at video games. Like there's not really, I don't laugh at a video game the way I would laugh at like a movie or something if I'm watching a comedy. So the fact that my wife too and I were like laughing out loud about stuff Silvando was doing, I think really kind of speaks to how awesome that character is. Yeah, well, so much of what he does is just so unexpected. Mm-hmm. It's just like you're focused on the game and then all of a sudden he just throws a curveball in there. And, and yeah, it made me laugh out loud several times. Yeah. He's awesome. So no, no pun intended here with this next question. Uh, what, what draws you, you don't really draw, you craft, but <laughs> yeah. what, what draws you to the Dragon Quest series? Like what, what about it kind of drew, drew you to it in the first place? You know, originally it was just friends. It was, you know, my brother talking about it, you guys talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, a few other people that I was following on Twitter, like everybody at the same time kind of started talking about Dragon Quest. Mm-hmm. So that's what got me to look at it at first. But now it's just, I love the art style. I love how cheerful it all is. I love that, you know, Dragon Quest, even when it's a really super serious, depressing, you know, whatever kind of storyline, mm-hmm. it never makes you feel down. It's always a very uplifting, positive, fun experience. Yeah. And that's generally what I look for in any game. I want. You know, if I'm going to be spending some of my, you know, precious free time, I want it to be something that's going to make me feel better. I don't want a game that's going to make me, you know, want to, you know, pee my pants or start crying or something. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Speaking of of peeing your pants. Yeah, I tried playing. (laughs) I tried playing Resident Evil 7 uh, recently. Oh, I can't play those games. Because I haven't played a Resident Evil game since Resident Evil 4. And Resident Evil 4 wasn't really scary. It was mostly just like I went around solving puzzles, shooting at things. And so I was like, the stuff for Resident Evil Village came out. And I was like, this actually looks pretty cool. I played the demo on PS5 and liked it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go and play through Resident Evil 7. And, you know, Steve, uh, Steve Whitcamp, who who writes with us at geek to geek and everything, he, you know, loves the Resident Evil games. And I was like, he loves everything horror. though. <laughs> he, he does. Yeah, <laughs> it, that, that is true. And it was free. It was like the PS Plus or whatever. 
And so I was like, all right, I'll try it. You know, I'm not really spending any of my own money. And seven is first person POV. And it was like terrifying. Like I played through the the very first little bit and I was like, I felt so just anxious and like jumpy afterwards that I was like, okay, this is why I, I play bright, happy JRPGs yeah, and yeah. not, not games like this. Well, so did you have the lights off and headphones on? No, I, I did. Well, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't night and it was like, we have, I don't know what kind of lights they are, but you can like dim them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so I had those dimmed downstairs because the kids were asleep upstairs and everything and just kind of playing it. But I got to, there's a creepy part where this lady is like slithering up the stairs at you at the very beginning of the game. And after that, I like, my wife was like on her phone upstairs and I was like, Hey, uh, do you mind uh, coming downstairs and sitting with me? (laughs) And she was like, she was like, are you serious? I was like, no, I promise. Like I just feel really jumpy. And then, and then, of course, that night, my one of my uh, twins woke up in the middle of the night and was wanting something to drink. So I get ready to go downstairs in the dark. And all I can picture is that like lady slithering oh, no. up the stairs at me <laughs> and stuff. And so I, I decided then and there, I was like, I'm too much of a coward to play this game. And oh, I'm just I absolutely stick. am too much of a coward. I can't do them. <laughs> so now I've been playing Atelier Riza 2. Okay. And and my dreams are fine. I'm not so scared of walking downstairs <laughs> anymore. So I totally get it. Yeah, I'm the same way. Just yeah. there's something Happy about games are where it's at. Yeah. And I, I think that's the thing. It's like when I play games that seem really realistic or seem really like serious and stuff, like it makes me more anxious. And I'm the same way yeah. about t- TV. Like those things really affect me. Oh, same um, here. Yeah. And so, you know, I like watching short you know silly comedies on tv like that's what i like to watch before bed i like to play you know bright happy jrpgs before bed as well so it just kind of well that's actually kind of why i started getting so obsessed with hgtv because it's safe (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's there's not there's not like haunted houses exactly yeah Yeah. there's there's no weird creepy vampire lady that's gonna come and you know try to kill me yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. I get that. So you made a ton of awesome Dragon Quest. It's crochet, right? It's, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I thought it was. I, I said crocheting on another episode, and then after it, I was like, I don't know if that's really what it is. I don't know enough about this. So, but you <laughs> no, made a right. lot of. You're right. You've made a lot of cool ones. Uh, I have several. I know BJ has several. We've talked about them on the show a whole whole lot. But I do want to talk about that a, a little bit. So how, how did you get into crafting in the first place? Well, so several decades ago now, uh-huh. I, I, you know, crochet typically, you know, a lot of people think of that as like an old lady kind of thing, you know, a, you know, elderly grandma sitting in a rocking chair crocheting or something. Mm-hmm. But so I was actually at my great aunt's house. I was visiting her in Colorado and she was crocheting these little cute little animals for her grandkids and I was like okay that actually looks awesome I want to learn how to do that (laughs) so she she taught me how to just make like super simple little like bookmarks and stuff and so when I went back home I started following a bunch of YouTube videos to teach myself how to crochet better and and all that and you know a, a lot of times I'll just make like blankets and stuff for family members and stuff like that but I love getting to make the actual little they're called amigurumi but they're mm-hmm. basically like little stuffed animals because mm-hmm. they're just 
kind of getting back to that whole same idea of, you know, cute, happy, cheerful things. I mean, that's what stuffed animals are. They're, yeah. they're happy, cheerful little things. And so I, I enjoy doing that. And then it was probably like about five, five, six years ago when I realized that, you know, I could actually combine my love of video games with my love of crocheting. And I also sew and quilt. And I was like, why don't I make geeky stuff? Yeah. You know, up until then I'd been making, you know, like I've made a giraffe for my niece and, you know, typical boring stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not boring. It's still cute, but, but yeah. And there actually is quite a large crafting environment community, I guess, online Uh of people that make the more geeky things, but it's not nearly as big as the standard non-video game related stuff. So I decided, you know, if I'm going to do this, I want to make my own patterns. So like when I started doing the Dragon Quest stuff, I started with Dragon Quest just because I saw the slime and I was like, okay, that I could do. (laughs) That's an easy, you know, shape. I can make that. And so I started making the slime and then I started kind of branching out to other things, but so that was actually that was actually one of my questions. So you you actually come up with these designs yourself? I do, I do. I at first I was looking around for patterns online and stuff, but it seems like whenever I try to follow a pattern, it just I always want to tweak it. There's something about it that I'm never super happy with. Mm-hmm. So I started just you know, and you have to pay like money for a lot of these patterns, which I is totally worth it in a lot of cases. People put a lot of time and effort into these patterns, mm-hmm. but for me, it's just fun to kind of come up with my own. And yeah. so that's why you and Beige and, and Todd, my brother have all gotten like janky prototypes. <laughs> See, and I, and I did not think they were janky. I did not <laughs> think they were janky prototypes. Like when, like when I got those, I, I mean, I would have paid money for that. If you hadn't, <laughs> hadn't have sent those to me, like I would have, I would have seen that online and I would have paid money for it. Like I have, and I have all of, and I have all of them. I have a lot of Dragon Quest plushes, like official ones, you know, and those are like downstairs and everything, but yours, I have a little on top of the entertainment center in our living room. All the ones that you've crocheted are like Aww, spread that's out. Nice. So those are out in the living room. Like everybody sees them all the time. Yeah. And oh, that's cool. And my kids, I have to, I have to watch because my kids love them as well. And they call the Drackey, the Drackey one, the bat. And <laughs> they're like, daddy, can I have the bat? And I have to be careful because they, whenever the first slime ones that you sent me, they got to where they really like to hide the the metal slime <laughs> in places. And there was one time that Naomi, who's, I think she was three at the time, she's four now, but she's the oldest. She hit it and she forgot where she hit it. She was oh, like, no. she was like, daddy, try to find the slime. And I was like, okay. And she, we couldn't find it. And I was kind of like sweating a little bit, you know, like, where's the slime? And, and eventually we found it. But ever since then, I've been a little bit like if, when I hand one down to them to play with, I'm like, okay, you can't hide it. We're just going to hold it. And I think, I think the twins really like it because they were, they were born premature. They were like big time preemies. Like they were born at like 25 weeks. Oh, wow. So, so they had to be in the hospital. They were in the hospital for 117 days. And part wow. of the, the, oh, the first, bad. like the first, like two, three months that they were in there, they were so tiny and stuff. Like we couldn't hold them or anything. They're like in these incubators. And what they do 
is I think they have volunteers that make these. They make little uh, octopuses. Or oh, yeah. I've o- made some of those for hospitals. Or octopi or something. Yeah. Octopuses, <laughs> octopi, whatever. But yeah. Yeah, those. And they put them in the incubators with the preemies. They have like the curly little tentacle things. Yeah. And they yeah. like something about the tentacles. It's like soothing to them and everything. Yeah. And so we brought... So they have those, you know, we brought them home from the hospital with us when the twins came home and all that. But I think, like, I wonder in the back of my mind, because of the way they, like, interact with the crocheted Dragon Quest stuff, I've wondered if it's, like, if it's because they had those, like, with them, like, the first, like, couple months they were alive. Oh, interesting. That could be. The the feel of that and everything, like, reminds them of that. Yeah. Because they definitely, like, they really like to just, like, touch them. Like, Aww, like, I should make like, them their own. <laughs> I whenever, make them some. <laughs> whenever you you sent me a picture of the of the heel slime you were making with the tentacles, that was actually the like the first thing I thought of. I was like, man, that would have been so cool to like put that in like the twins incubator like back then. Like instead, of, <laughs> like all the other kids have an octopus, but my kids have, like, have a heel, heel slime. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that'd be so cool. And kind of appropriate, you know, a heel slime in the in the NICU there. So, um, so yeah, so I think. They really like those. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention too, uh, talking about crocheting and everything, is um, around that same time uh, my wife tried to start crocheting because oh, really? my grandmother um, crochets blankets for all of her grandkids, and then now that she's having great grandkids, she starts crocheting blankets for them as well. And Grace, uh, we knew before the twins were even born uh, because they were mono mono twins, so they're like in the same sack, same placenta, all that. Grace was going to have to be on bed rest in the hospital for however, after starting at 25 weeks, she was going to be in the hospital with bedridden until the twins were born. And we didn't know how long that would be. She was like, if I'm going to have to just sit there, she's hooked up to all these machines. She can't move. She was like, I need something to keep my mind busy. And so she got my grandmother to teach her how to crochet while she was in, while she was like bedridden in the hospital. That's really pretty cool. That's a perfect activity for that. She gave up on it after uh, we had three little kids. At home. Well, yeah, that would kind of take your. Attention. I think she was like, I think she was like, uh, and, and I know she doesn't mind me sharing the story, but I think her whole thing was like she would get frustrated with it sometime, and she was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm already frustrated enough when the kids yeah. were like, like maybe." Oh, I can understand that. And yeah. so she, she's, she's much more, she paints, she paints like every day pretty much. Oh, cool. and so, so painting is kind of her thing more than crocheting, but she did, uh, she did try it out there for a while. And we still have like a few little like mini blankets and like little like preemie size beanies and stuff that, oh, that's uh, awesome. that they crocheted around the time. Yeah. I, I did not crochet anything. I was useless during this time. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling my husband, I was like, you know, you could crochet. I could teach you how to do this. And he's like, yeah, no. <laughs> my, my mom, when I was younger, taught me how to cross stitch, which I know is not the same thing, but it's crafty. Yeah. Yeah. I do some of that too. My mom always preferred cross stitching to, to crocheting. Yeah. And uh, as she she made me she would make me like some cool patches that I could put on my backpacks and stuff in school. And uh, she would make she would make different ones of like uh, like band logos or like uh, like album covers, you know, for like bands I liked. And I would have them on my backpack. And then like my friends at school would be like, oh, that's cool. Where'd you get that hot topic? And I'm like, nah, my mom made it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. You know, you could cross-stitch and make, like, some Dragon Quest stuff. Yeah. I have not cross-stitched in, 
in many, many years. And I don't know how good I would be at it again <laughs> now, but I definitely, uh, there was like a couple of years there between uh, high school and college where I just kind of, I, I just worked basically and uh, hung out with friends and that kind of stuff. And I, I think in Europe, they call that like a gap year, but Americans don't really do it. But anyway, I took like two years off between high school and college. And it was during that time is when I, I took up cross stitching as a hobby because I was just kind of experimenting with like, hey, what kind of things do I like before like jumping straight into college? Yeah, that's perfect. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it has been a number of years since I have really uh, gotten to doing that a whole lot. But you could totally make your own like Dragon Quest patterns and all sorts of stuff and make cool things. Yeah, I should. Like, I've actually uh, thought about it because I just like a month ago I had made a uh, cross stitch x-files thing for Bija's wife uh-huh. so I, i've been thinking ever since then i was like you know i could i could come up with my own patterns for this too but then i spend so much time crocheting them like a, i don't have time <laughs> yeah <laughs> i gotcha yeah that's a good idea my mom always used uh graph paper yeah yeah that's what she would use to get designs and stuff and then she would like translate that i guess to to the cloth i don't know yeah, i feel I've like i'm using the wrong with- terms <laughs> No, no, I mean, it, it works. I've actually done that with crochet patterns too. And I've made um, some of the blankets I've made have like an eight bit pattern on them. Mm-hmm. And so I've done that with, you know, graph paper and a quilt that I'm making for my brother that poor Todd, I've been making the same quilt for like six years now. Cause I kind of work on it and then I'll put it aside and I'll work on other projects and then I'll kind of work on it. So <laughs> he's probably like, I'm never going to get this quilt, but it's like this super detailed, like little teeny tiny squares, like for an eight bit Zelda pattern. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. So it's super time consuming because it's all these little itty bitty squares, but it's going to look really neat. And I made that on graph paper, plan yeah. that all out. So that's awesome. So we have still some other Dragon Quest and crafty things to talk about, but usually around the halfway point of the show, we always have a little segment that we like to call shameless self-promotion. BJ and I always shamelessly promote ourselves. So since you're the guest in today's episode, I will feel free to promote all your stuff. Be as shameless as possible. Tell everybody where they can find <laughs> all your things. Do I have to do the song that BJ does? <laughs> you, you don't have to. No, no, I will never force that song on anyone. <laughs> So, yeah, you can find all of my stuff for the Etsy store at www.etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash the crafting rogue. And I have, you know, a lot of Dragon Quest stuff in there. I also have, you know, just a whole bunch of geeky stuff. I have for some reason, checkbook covers are like one of my best sellers. So I have a lot of checkbook covers in there. Yeah, that's cool. it, It surprises me because it's like, who uses checks anymore? But apparently a lot of people do. Yeah. Huh. And yeah, so I have a lot of different stuff in there, some pillowcase covers and bags and, and all sorts of stuff. And by the time this episode airs, I'm going to uh-huh. have hopefully a few new Dragon Quest items in there. Like you mentioned, the, the Draki, I'm going to have uh-huh. that listed in there and the heel slime. Those are both brand new. And I probably won't have this ready by the time the episode airs, but shortly thereafter, I'm going to have a really, really super cool blanket in there that is like a big slime with a cool border and stuff around it and i'm super excited about it so i can't wait for everyone to see that (laughs) yeah that sounds really cool but yeah so i make a lot of stuff in there i also of course have my podcasts hgtv addiction is actually kind of on a hiatus right now but nerdberg review is supposed to be going strong it's kind of been on a hiatus because i had some medical issues and Uh stuff but 
it will be going strong again. <laughs> it's every week. It's me and my brother talking about just whatever geeky stuff we've been doing during the week, whatever video games we've been playing. And then, of course, I write for geek to geek Media and SwitchRPG.com. I do reviews for both of them. So, yeah, very. Yeah. You're a very busy person. <laughs> you have like all these things going on. That's uh, I felt kind of I felt pretty lame because, you know, you have all these things going on. Uh, last week, I had Platty from uh, Dragon Quest Slime Time podcast, and he, he was doing like six podcasts that week and regularly does like three or four. And wow. you have all this stuff going on. Yeah. And I'm like, I have I have Dragon Quest FM and, well, and JRPGs in me, I guess. But still, I'm like, well, you also work like crazy. <laughs> yeah. But just compared to you guys, I mean, I, like. I don't know. I need to be more creative. <laughs> no, you're you. I think your job makes you plenty creative. Yeah. So, I, I currently, unfortunately, am not working because of medical issues. So I have plenty of time to sit around a crochet. <laughs> yeah. But but I mean, it's great that you have something like yeah, that to, yeah. to do, though. I mean, that's like fantastic. Yeah. My Etsy store actually started because I was not working for a, for a little period of time. And I was uh-huh. like, well, shoot, I need to do something. And if I can make money at it, perfect. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I totally get. It. That's why I started doing the daily quarantine cast on our Patreon page back last year for like 50 days or however yeah, long it was. Yeah, oh, I like because I liked listening to that. That was cool. Is because I mean I thought it was something nice to do to our patrons, but more than anything, it was that I needed to do something to like keep my sanity because yeah. it was during like <laughs> lockdown and everything, and there was nothing to do, and. At my old job, like I was used to being out of the house and doing stuff like pretty regularly. So just eventually, like a week or two into it, the shine started to kind of wear off where I like didn't have any work or anything to do. And it kind of by that point, you know, you knew, you know, we were kind of in this for a longer haul than maybe everybody wanted to think about. And I was like, okay, I I told Grace, I was like, listen, I'm sorry, but I'm going to need like 30 minutes every day to just sit down, record something, edit it up real fast and get it out. Because if I don't do something like with my time, that's like creative, I'm just gonna like lose my mind. And that's actually, that's actually why I wrote the, uh, the Dragon Quest book during that time is because I, I needed something to do. And I love Dragon Quest. And I was like, Hey, why not just write a book about it? And, you know, I started interviewing people and stuff like that. And so, so it seemed like I was doing all these really like creative things, but it was really just me trying to hold on to my sanity a little bit. <laughs> well, I think that's how it works for me a lot of times too. It's like, yeah, it sounds really cool, but it's like, yeah, this is, this is therapy. <laughs> this yeah. Is- it's like, it's like you do it for you, but if you can kind of make a little money from it from other people, it's really nice. But yeah. like, at the end of the day, you're doing it for yourself. And yeah, I think oh, that's absolutely. I think that's kind of what what makes it great. Your book, I'm just going to plug that really quick, too, because if, I'm sure everyone listening to this has already seen your book, but it's amazing. And anyone who has not already seen your book, they need to go and order it. Oh, well, thank you. That's. <laughs> that we'll we'll say that ends the shameless self <laughs> So other than just um like you know enjoy the fact that you enjoy crafting and everything, like what about Dragon Quest makes you want to make stuff for it? Like, and I don't mean necessarily like you said you know you saw the slime and and, and you know easy. you were like hey that's <laughs> what I could do yeah but like I know yeah. I know for me and and you know different people I've talked to who do different things like with in the Dragon Quest fandom it's kind of like you feel 
more a part of it once you're like doing something for it, you know, like, like writing oh, absolutely. a book or, or doing crafty. Is yeah. it that kind of thing for you or? It is. I mean, really, especially since I feel kind of lame that I haven't played a lot of the games. Yeah. You know, I love being a part of the Dragon Quest community, but I'm kind of just like on the fringe out there because I'm like, I, I haven't played that. <laughs> I don't know. But at least making stuff in the Dragon Quest universe, you know, makes me feel a little bit more connected. And and I end up kind of researching a lot more about the games just in trying to, you know, figure out what colors I should make things or, you know, even just looking up new things to make. One new thing I'm going to make, this is sort of a side tangent, but I'm going to try making Majelli because <laughs> he looks awesome. <laughs> yeah, I heard uh, when we were when we did our Dragon Quest Tact episode a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I was talking about they they have a, like an official Majelli plush yeah. coming out, and BJ was like, "Oh, I'm going to tell Alinzia to, to about this, yeah, he did, to see if she can make one." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds really cool. Like that would be awesome." Yeah, I'm totally going to try to do that. But yeah, yeah. and I, I do want to go back and play some of the older games and stuff too. And a lot of it is just that since I am, you know, crocheting Jackies and stuff like that, like it keeps it on my mind. And so then when I'm looking for a new game, I'm like, ooh, I should I should play Dragon Quest. I should try Dragon Quest Nine or you know, whatever. And yeah. So I have yet to do that, but <laughs> But it's there, yeah. Yeah. That's cool though. So what What's the hardest Dragon Quest thing you've ever made out of all the stuff you've talked about? What what was the hardest one to make? Uh, one that doesn't exist because I tried. <laughs> I, I thought that it would be cool. I've made dolls before in the past and uh-huh. like I've made dolls that, you know, kind of resemble people and stuff like for certain people by request and and like my Ninjago dolls and stuff like that. I've, I've made them. So I was like, you know, I should try to make the Luminary. And that didn't work. <laughs> it does not look like Luminary. It's in the garbage. Aww. That's that's not even prototype worthy. It it was just bad. Yeah, so, like what like what yeah. what about it? Like what what did you think was so bad about it? Like just the was it like the face, the shape of it, the was there some all part of you... it? I mean, for one thing, oh, I made him whole... way too fat, which is, is <laughs> kind of an ongoing thing with me when I make dolls. I always make them way too fat, but. Yeah. But yeah, he's also just way too round, yeah. like so in like, general, like his face and everything. Like if you look at the luminary, he's kind of, you know, with his straight hair and stuff like yeah. it, it's, it's very straight. It's not, it's not a big ball. And so everything, like I had the colors, right. And stuff like that, but he just, I have a picture somewhere, maybe I'll post it on Instagram, but it did not look like the luminary at all yeah, it, it's the it's the luminary like three years after dragon quest 11 <laughs> when he's like married and settled down and not adventuring anymore, eating way too like, many cheetos <laughs> yeah exactly he's just like settled down now and he's not an adventurer so he's got yeah. that kind of like gut and everything <laughs> now and yeah he's filled uh, out a little <laughs> yeah yeah i i gotcha so what's your favorite dragon quest thing you've made probably the Drackey actually because that one I totally just made from scratch and like the very first one I made it was just so fun to try to form the wings and everything and yeah yeah I I love how the Drackey turned out and that's actually one that I'm probably gonna actually write out the pattern and sell the pattern on my store for people oh as well as the actual holy shit I mean that but yeah I mean definitely I think you should do that I I mean I I love the Drackey that that I have yeah I, I awesome 
I really was just happy with how it turned out. So normally whenever I create a pattern, it takes me like, you know, three to four tries. And that's how I end up with all these prototypes that you guys all get. (laughs) But it takes me like three to four tries before I before I get it. And with the Draki, it really was like the first one I made. I was like, sweet, this actually looks like a Draki. Yeah, very cool. Is there something Dragon Quest-y that you would like to make, but you haven't made yet? I know you mentioned uh, Majelli. Is there some is there some other stuff that like you haven't made yet but that you would really like to? I actually would kind of like to try to make Erdrich's sword. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. I, yeah, I think that would be really cool, but I haven't dared attempt it yet. <laughs> yeah, that would be so cool. And also just see I'm already excited about it. So you have to do it now. <laughs> It'd be so cool because my my daughter Naomi, um, you know, she loves sword fighting. Uh, she loves to play sword fight oh, and she needs and about, a soft one then. And about two years ago. Yeah. About two years ago, I went and bought like the pool noodles, you know, oh, like cool. you can, yeah, <laughs> I bought a blue pool noodle and I cut it in half and I used some like shiny metallic duct tape and black electric tape to make it look like a lightsaber hilt. So that it looked like blue lightsabers. Oh, that's perfect. That's awesome. And so, and so we have little lightsaber fights. <laughs> uh, because she had what started it all was that she had like a plastic lightsaber like you just buy it like walmart or target or wherever but if you know she was like two and a half three at the time and so like if she hits you with it and doesn't like control yeah, that would her hurt. swing it hurts yeah so so going to like dollar tree and getting one pool noodle and then cutting in half was like a very cost efficient easy way to make like a softer sword for her to play with so so do you ever let her play with your giant red fancy sword? Oh, uh, the, yeah, the, uh, the one that the you dragon got from, battle yeah. sword. Yeah. That medieval collectible sent me. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so they sent me that for a review and, uh, Naomi, Naomi was still awake. It came, uh, one night and Naomi was still awake. The twins were asleep and she's, I went ahead and opened it and she was just like in awe because she'd never seen a real sword before. <laughs> and she was like, why, why did someone send you that? And so I made up this cool story about how, you know, I slayed a dragon (laughs) and they sent me this as a thank you for slaying the village, the dragon that was like, you know, causing havoc in the village. (laughs) Her eyes were so big. She was smiling all during that. And then I felt kind of guilty, you know, about like the straight up lying to it. So I was like, okay, here's what really happened. Oh, you should have let her believe it. And then, and then I told her what really happened and she was like, oh, but okay. And I could tell she didn't like that story is good. And I was like, but we can pretend like the first story is, is real if you want. And she was like, okay, yeah, let's just pretend it's that one. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that, that works for me. And so she's held, it, story. she's held it up a few times. And um, like the one night, I think it might've even been the first night the sword came and I, I was tucking her in at night and everything. And she was like, she was like, dad, if I'm, if I'm really she says wave. She still says like wave and stuff like that. She was like, if I'm wave, uh, could I have your sword? And I was like, uh, well, that's really more for adults. But if, when you, when you get a little bit older, if you still want it, yes, you can have the sword. And she was like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll be wave. And I was like, okay, you can be a, a valiant knight. And she was like, okay. And so, uh, she still brings it up every once in a while. Oh, I don't let her just adorable. completely swing the thing around, but she's like determined that if she can be a good, like brave kid, that when she gets a little bit older, that can be hers. So, well, I will try to make an Erdrick sword for her eventually. 
Okay, but you have to let me pay pay you for it. That's the that's the that's the like. Let's see how janky it looks first. <laughs> because that would be super cool. Like you might get you an start... early prototype that is not worth money. Yeah. Well, I don't know. You say that about your other prototypes. I really like them. But yeah, when you said when the minute you said Erdrich Sword, that was the first thing that came into my mind. Is I just pictured me and Naomi like whacking each other with them, <laughs> like in the living room. So that'd be like fantastic. That's awesome. So yeah, so that about does it for today's episode. Alinzia, thank you so much for hanging out with me for a little bit today. Thank I really you for letting me come it. on. This was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, remember, if you want to talk to Dragon Quest FM, you can find us on Twitter at DragonQuestFM or Patreon at Patreon.com slash DragonQuestFM. If you want to talk to me personally, you can totally do that. I'm on Twitter at DragonQuestin. I have a fan site called DragonQuestAustin.com that you should check out, as well as another podcast called JRPGs and Me, which... Uh, has a new episode coming up on Monday, I believe. When Once this episode goes up, it will be on Monday. First episode of Season 2 over Bravely Default. So be sure to check that out. Um, Alinzia, do you want to remind everybody where to find you? Yeah, so you can... The easiest is just to follow me on Twitter. I'm Crafting Rogue on Twitter. And in my Twitter profile, you can find like the links to all of my Etsy store and, and places where I write, like Geek to Geek Media and Switch RPG and stuff like that. And of course, listen to my other podcast, Nerdberg Review, that I do with my brother. For sure. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.